Bienvenidos and welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kuznir, and Vanessa Bohm. Tonight's program brings our listeners a spectrum of local efforts for social, economic, and environmental justice. We'll speak with Andres Soto about the third annual Our Power Convening on the struggle against the fossil fuel industry and support for sustainable energy. We'll also hear about the upcoming annual Chicano Moratorium event in Oakland. This year's theme is on displacement, both in the Bay Area and worldwide. Our listeners might also be curious on what happened at this past weekend's action, Block the Boat, to stop Zin Israeli cargo ship from unloading. We'll have an update for our listeners. Nina Serrano also talks with Jasmine Morelos about the exciting Urban Lactation Project. And of course, we'll feature the very best in music. Tonight, the local band, Bangdara, one of La Raza Chronicle's very favorites. They just released their latest album, Mucho Poco. And we'll also have a ticket giveaway to see the group Mono Blanco this Saturday at La Peña Cultural Center. But first, we begin with the news with our very own Vilma V. Stay tuned. Buenas noches, this is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending August 17th. Haiti, supporters of former President John Beltran Aristide clashed with UN peacekeepers in an angry demonstration in the capital of Haiti, Port-au-Prince, last Thursday. The demonstrators blocked the road leading up to the home of the former president the day after a judge issued an arrest warrant for him on charges of money laundering and failing to appear in court for questioning about those allegations. Mr. Aristide's lawyer asserted that his client never received the court summons. Mr. Aristide was the first freely elected president of Haiti and was ousted in a U.S.-supported coup back in 2004. He remains extremely popular with many segments of the Haitian population, while the U.N. peacekeeping force, estimated to be at over 10,000, is increasingly operating without the trust and consent of the Haitian people. Brazil This past weekend, over 100,000 people lined the streets in the city of Recife to mourn the sudden death of Brazilian presidential candidate Eduardo Campos, who perished in a private plane crash earlier last week. All seven people aboard the plane, including both pilots, were killed when the plane plunged into several homes of a densely populated neighborhood near Sao Paulo. Mr. Campos was running for president with the internationally renowned environmentalist Maria Silva as his vice president under the Brazilian Socialist Party. The pair had hoped to unseat the incumbent Ms. Dilma Rousseff of the Workers' Party in the upcoming presidential election, scheduled for October 5th. Mr. Campos was the father of five children and a former two-term governor of the state of Pernambuco. In response to his untimely death, Ms. Silva stated, quote, He was full of joy, dreams, commitments. I learned to respect him, admire him, and trust his attitude and his ideals in life, end quote. Estados Unidos, the Democratic challenger for the governor's office in Texas, State Senator Wendy Davis, stated earlier this month that she strongly opposed Governor Rick Perry's plan to send National Guard troops to the U.S. border with Mexico. The deployment to the border is estimated to cost Texas approximately $12 million a month and has been strongly criticized given the fact that the National Guard would not be authorized to make arrests nor actively engage in the apprehension of those crossing the border illegally. Ms. Davis has called for a special session of the Texas State Legislature to allow local law enforcement and local communities to address the immigration issue. There has been a significant drop in the number of unaccompanied minors crossing into the U.S. in July, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Mexico In the latest development out of the state of Michoacán, with the ongoing struggle between narcotraficantes, the Mexican government, and the autodefensas, Rodrigo Vallejo, the son of the former governor of Michoacán, Fausto Vallejo, who himself resigned amid controversy regarding his ties with the drug trade, is under increased suspicion after a video surfaced showing Rodrigo Vallejo meeting with one of the region's top drug lords, Servando Latuta Gomez. Mr. Vallejo is seen chatting amicably about Mexican politics in the video, yet he claims that he was threatened and forced to attend the meeting against his will. Both father and son are accused of having ties to the drug trade in Michoacán, and Rodrigo Vallejo is accused of being part of a cover-up by investigators with the Federal Attorney General's office. 
This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to share, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. And in addition to the news stories you heard from Latino America, we have another breaking news story here, Bay Area, specifically Oakland, California. We have seen a lot of action at our port. And I have on the line with us Nancy Hernandez, who is a longtime activist and culture worker who has been involved with this movement to address the injustices we're seeing committed against the Palestinian people, committed in Gaza and committed in Palestine. Thank you so much, Nancy, for being on the line with us. Of course. Thank you, Julieta. And congratulations to the Bay Area for an amazing show of solidarity. This weekend, we were able to hold off the unloading of an Israeli ship for four days. It is a historic day, and we're all very proud of the amazing amount of support that was received by the International Longshore and Warehouse Union workers, the people of Oakland. It was such a diverse crowd. There were thousands and thousands of people that came out on Saturday to block the boat. And then also on Sunday evening, and then on Monday morning, Monday night, and Tuesday morning. And um, we've just gotten notice about an hour ago that the ship is moving. The ship has left the dock in Oakland because it was not able to unload its cargo here. It was not welcomed. The Israeli ship was turned away, and we in the Bay Area have said that we will not allow that ship to unload their cargo because the cargo that they're carrying is a representation of genocide. So um, our boycott efforts were successful, and um, the ship is now moving towards Los Angeles, where it will again be met with protesters from Southern California. So, Nancy, people came out at all hours. Um, What's the energy? What are you hearing from people? There's been a huge surge of momentum that's come up. The boycott and divest movement has been going on for years as a tactic to end the occupation of Palestine. But with the recent siege on Gaza and the amount of videos and footage and photos that we're seeing coming out of Gaza of horrendous amounts of war crimes and violence against women and children. People have become fed up with just watching the news and hearing about it. And, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people took to the streets this weekend to make our voices heard that um, not only are we standing in solidarity with Palestine, but we are choosing the tactic of boycott, divest, and sanction against Israel as a way for us to show that um, we choosing to use our economic power as a way to protest the war crimes that Israel is committing. So what are the next steps, Nancy? Organizers really used a lot of different tactics in this struggle. People organized through Facebook, through Twitter, through Instagram. They organized through using technology like tracking the boat, etc., and using texting service where people received mass texts if they signed up. So what are the next steps? How do people plug in and what are the next actions? So uh, currently, this is part of a West Coast series of actions. So there are people mobilized in Seattle, in Tacoma, in Vancouver, in Long Beach, and in L.A. That the West Coast is standing together in solidarity with Palestine and um, refusing to unload the Zim ship. One of the chants that I heard that really got me while we were out on the picket line in front of the the cargo ship was people were saying um, killing children is a crime from Ferguson to Palestine. And that really resonated with me because I live a couple blocks from where Alex Nieto was murdered by the SFPD. And a lot of the actions and organizing that we've been doing here locally have been around police brutality and then seeing what's happening both to children in Palestine, to the young man in Ferguson, and, and to young people all over just really reaffirms the fact that we feel like children's lives are sacred and are really being threatened by the government and by police forces and by, you know, the government of Israel. And so all of these actions are definitely, you know, people coming out to stand in defense of the lives of young children. So currently there are a series of actions coming up. This Thursday, there's an action for Alex Nieto in San Francisco. And there's also a training camp that's happening in Oakland called Urban Shield, where the police are being trained. And so there's a lot of momentum around protesting that convergence of police to further militarize our communities. That's going to be held at the Marriott in Oakland, California on September 5th. And so if anybody's interested in protesting the further militarization of our communities, you can go to ArabOrganizing.org for more information on the Urban Shield protest. 
Thank you, Nancy, for giving us updates on this victory and also for next steps as people continue to organize and connect the dots between Gaza, Ferguson, and and fight for justice and against militarization and oppression of poor people everywhere. So thank you so much, Nancy, for giving us this update, and we look forward to hearing back from you. Sure. Thank you. I'm very proud to be from the Bay Area today, and I'm very proud to stand in solidarity with Palestine. We just received another update. It looks like the ship actually turned around once it passed Golden Gate Bridge, and it is now heading back to the Oakland port. There are already many, 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 many police cars and police at the Oakland port are asking people to, to stay safe and giving people the latest update. Up next, La Raza Chronicles is excited to share with listeners a song by local Bay Area band Bang Data. The band just released their much-awaited second album called Mucho Poco. If you didn't have a chance to attend their CD release show this past Friday at the Independent in San Francisco, here's the song Mucho Poco by Bang Data. Quiero mucho, pero mucho quise Me diste mucho antes que te fuiste Te di muy poco, poco dijiste Me puse loco y ahora triste Así es la vida, la vida sigue Me pides la vida y la vida pide No te rindas ni tiremos la toalla Pero poco es mucho y tampoco falla Siento que es un caso perdido Quiero que sigamos unidos sentimiento pero dime dónde estás te quiero mucho pero mucho quise me diste mucho antes que te fuiste te di muy poco poco dijiste me puse loco y ahora triste te cuento el cuento unas 30 veces te trato mal sé que no mereces somos igual pero diferente amo tu ser y también tu mente siento que es un caso perdido Quiero que sigamos unidos El viento llevará el sentimiento Pero dime dónde estás
That was the song Mucho Poco by local Bay Area band Bang Data. You're listening to Las Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm lucky to have in the studio with me Sagnite Salazar, who is a longtime organizer with the Chicana Moratorium Coalition. We're having her here because it is around the corner, August 31st, and it's a really important one because it's addressing issues that are especially urgent today, both in Oakland and all over the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So every year, Chicana Moratorium does a job of making sure that it's addressing issues really pertinent and relevant to the community. So this year, you all are talking about displacement and looking at people being pushed out of their homes. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the themes that you all will be digging into? Yeah, I think uh, being in Oakland, we want to talk about the gentrification that's happening in the streets of Oakland. Right now, there's a lot of movement happening in our city very similar to a lot of the movement that had happened and is continuing to happen in San Francisco to displace the raza and black and, you know, folks of color out of San Francisco, the Mission, Hunters Point and all of that. It's happening out here in Oakland, too, in West Oakland and East Oakland. And in a lot of the different hoods that exist in Oakland, folks are getting pushed out through condos, through different laws like the gang injunctions, through a lot of new development. It's even as deep as schools that are serving some of our most underserved students, like Dewey, is getting pushed out by some developers that are trying to build some skyscraper condos over by the district building on 2nd Ave. So that's happening here in Oakland, but also we want to talk about the displacement that is taking place around the world. We're talking about Palestine, we're talking about Iraq, we're talking about, you know, a lot of folks tuned in to watch the World Cup in Brazil, but they didn't tune in too much to a lot of the displacement that happened as a result of the World Cup. So we want to talk about that, too. We want to talk about the Central American children that are displaced from their homes every day. And now that they're trying to take refuge out here in the United States after taking this, you know, huge trek to survive, you know, they're being displaced out here and getting deported back through this so-called humane act that slaps our communities in the face by, you know, really having our kids be treated as disposable individuals and just thrown away, you know, um, when children should be the most treasured thing of any and every community. I'm speaking to Sagnite Salazar, who is with the Chicana Moratorium Coalition. So we're talking about displacement, which is a the theme for the moratorium this year. So displacement for a lot of people feels inevitable. For Even for people who are impacted, they feel like, well, this is just natural. Change is natural. We can't fight this. We can't fight this current. What are folks that are part of the coalition doing to try to address this displacement? And what will be happening the day of the event on the 31st to highlight some of the struggle? I think that one of the things that we try to do every year at Chicana Moratorium is to talk about this ongoing struggle that our communities are going through and to be able to bring community members together, not only to celebrate and rejoice and learn about what's happening, but also to connect them to the different struggles that, that are going on. In Chicana Moratorium, we work really hard to build connections between the Filipino community, the Palestinian community, the black community, and so on and so forth, and bring our folks together to look at the different work that we're all doing and, and really strengthen the ongoing connection that we have throughout the year and look at how we can support each other and most of all be aware of what's going on because I think a lot of our folks have blinders on their face because we're too distracted by the World Cup, by like everyday lives, by all the weed and alcohol that's constantly in our face. Whatever it is, all these uh, Facebook distractions and all these things to realize what's going on around the world and we also have mainstream media that's constantly feeding propaganda in our face. You know, we're talking about what's going on in, in, in Palestine and in Gaza. We're constantly hearing about how Palestinians are terrorists and how poor Israeli people are dying and how uh, we need to end the violence that Palestinian people are engaging in. But we're not hearing about the ongoing war and violence that Palestinian people have endured since, you know, 1948. We're not talking about that. And so we want to be able to talk about these things and also build together 
together. So at the Chicano Moratorium, we have different organizations that are going to be on stage and talking about the work that's happening. Something really important that um, we want to engage folks in is the protest around Urban Shield, which is a training camp that is actually hosted in Oakland for police agencies around the country and around the world that come together to learn new suppression tactics and military tactics. And, you know, it's actually like a SWAT training where they get new tools and new tactics that they'll push on to our people across the world, but also here in our streets. And so police agencies get trained on how to further you know, militarize our communities. And we see it happening every day, right? Just this past Saturday, we're talking about the death of Michael Brown, which, you know, in the news, you're hearing about a college-bound student, which is, you know, also kind of a, a trip to hear how much an emphasis there is oftentimes omitting the name of Michael Brown and the age of Michael Brown to insert the fact that he's college bound as if someone who is bound for an educational career's life is more worth it than any of our other young people that are often pushed out of our our school systems, right? And, you know, so we want to talk about the ongoing death and, and disvalue and the way that our communities are dehumanized on a daily. We're talking about, you know, five months after Alex Nieto was shot and killed in San Francisco by the police department over there. This is going on every day. And so we actually have the Committee for Justice and Love of Alex Nieto that's going to be there. We also have folks that are going to be there that are doing a week-long protest and action around Urban Shield that's happening out here in Oakland starting September 4th, but the week of action is August 30th through September 4th. And we're also going to be having different organizations that are working around the displacement and gentrification here in our communities in San Francisco, Oakland, and Richmond. Um, we're also going to be having folks that are doing work around Palestine, you know, having more blood on its hands because we are the ones, this government is the one that is killing Palestinian babies every day, right? Um, we're not talking about just this, this recent event of violence we're talking about since 1948 united states government has been funding the displacement and killing of palestinian people so we want to bring that all to the table and make those connections and and be able to at the same time that we celebrate the lives and resilience of our communities we want to educate further connect and push our folks to join the struggle so there are a lot of people listening. Like you said, it's very difficult to get information about what's happening right now just across the country. There's a blackout in terms of information, you know, knowing what's happening in the Middle East, what's knowing what's happening in Ferguson at this moment. So tell our listeners, what connections, what parallels do you see with the beginnings of the Chicana moratorium with Ruben Salazar's murder and all the struggle that has created this this longtime legacy? Because Chicana moratorium is, is now become an institution, but m- a lot of people listening may not know its origin. Right. So this is actually the 35th annual Bay Area celebration of the Chicano Moratorium Day that started in 1970. It's 41 years later that we're still calling for a moratorium. For those of you guys who don't know, moratorium means calling an end to. And in 1970, 20,000 people gathered in the streets of L.A. to call an end to the Vietnam War and to the disproportionate amount of folks of color, particularly raza, that were dying in the front lines. And while our Raza were dying in the front lines and other folks of color disproportionately dying in the front lines, we were being mistreated and victimized here in the United States in so many ways. We were being victimized by the police force. We weren't, you know, getting jobs, fair education, social services, you name it. And it's a lot of the same thing that's happening today. And so today we still want to call for a moratorium on the war on our people and the war on our children. I think a lot of folks don't realize that this country has been in at least two wars every year for the last 200 years. Just because it's not a declared war doesn't mean that this country is not at war. And our children continue getting disproportionately recruited and put on the front lines at these wars. We're talking about Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran. We're talking about Brazil. We're talking about Palestine. We're talking about South Africa. We're talking about Philippines. We're talking about we have military station in all these parts of the world. And people don't stop to think about why is it that we have to have so much military throughout the world. And, you know, this capitalist country continues feeding its hunger for power and for land and resources at the expense of people throughout the world and at the 
expense of people here in the United States. And so we're still calling an end to this war and to our people dying at the hands of this war and being recruited to be killers in this war. And then also calling an end to the inhumanities that our people are living here in the United States. I think that LA and the and the Bay Area have some some of the largest populations of migrants from Mexico and Central America and that's still going on the United States still has its hands in displacing our communities in controlling puppet governments in pushing in funds to further militarize our communities and to recruit our children to be killers in their own communities. You know, this has been happening 1930s, 1960s, 1970s, and it's still going on today, which is why we have such a large number of children fleeing their home countries. It's no coincidence that in the same places that we've funded and and been in, like Honduras, that the violence is so crazy. When you pull in a kid to kill its own people, what kind of uh, individual are you creating? So it's no surprise that the gang violence is so rampant in these communities, right? Um, right now they say that in Honduras, the violence on a daily is comparable to that of, of a, a heightened point of violence during the Iraq war, right? And so our children are fleeing their homes. Nobody leaves their homes by choice, you know? And yet at the same time, there's uh, all this dialogue around you know, these children actually being a burden on this country. We're a burden on those countries. We're a burden on people of color throughout the world. And I think that, you know, us living blindly in our comfortable lives here in the United States, as uncomfortable as it is for a lot of folks of color, it's nowhere compared to what's going on around the world, right? And so I think that it's it's super important that we continue um, looking at that history and looking at the fact that we have a long way to go, but also we ain't going nowhere. As people of color, we continue to, you know, stand up and fight back, right? And, you know, I heard this chant at the, one of the, the protests around uh, the attacks on Palestinian people. They were talking about our existence is resistance, and that is so true. The fact that we still exist and that we're still, you know, doing beautiful work in our communities and we're still trying to build with each other and still remembering and commemorating and honoring our past and, and still, you know, doing this this work, this beautiful work for our children, it shows that we're not going nowhere and that we're going to continue fighting and that this system, as strong as it is, as, as monetarily powerful as it is, our communities are much more powerful than that. And, you know, there's a lot of work that's happening today, even though Oakland is getting so gentrified and San Francisco has gotten so gentrified. You know, we have all these gardens and murals and streets workers and community organizations that are doing beautiful work. You know, just this past Sunday, 67 Sueños, a beautiful organization that does work with Migrant Youth, did this beautiful celebration where they did a black and brown unity mural over on 86 with Allen Temple. And, you know, that mural represents the history of indigenous peoples of Africa and indigenous people of Central and South America. And it shows the connections of, of our ongoing struggle that are still happening today. And, and singing things like that just, just shows that, you know, we ain't going nowhere and this work still continues. We just need to bring in more of, more of our gente that are often marginalized from being able to have access to information as well as being a part of this work and uh, marginalized from from resources and all that stuff, being able to bring them in to, to take part in, in the work that we're doing on a, on a daily. So a lot of the work that the Chicana Moratorium does is about not, even though it's highlighting and addressing and informing people about some of the injustices occurring and offering resources, it's also about celebrating culture and celebrating tradition and highlighting some of the beautiful, you know, legacy of resistance. So I know that just like every year on August 31st in San Antonio Park in Oakland, California, there will be a sunrise ceremony. So can you kind of talk about why it's so important for the Chicana Moratorium to include so much culture work? in terms of having it not just be a political event where people are giving speeches, but there's always so much great music and art and people coming together and you know there's a very spiritual element to it as well. Can you share why that's always been a priority and what people can look forward to on the 31st? Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that we realize is that you know, the moratorium is a celebration of the work that we do throughout the entire year. This work can't ever stop, right? I'm talking about organizing, I'm talking about building in our communities. And so 
Chicana moratorium day we we have that opportunity to bring families together to dance and build with each other to you know be able to have the art which has been kind of the banner to a lot of our movements and has been able to immortalize some of the work that's happened you, you know time out emory douglas to some of our chicano artists whose paintings still inform a lot of the movimiento you know and you know we are able to highlight that but also to be able to continue holding what's true to us, which is our indigenous culture. Um, Running Bear in the 1980s was the first to bring the sunrise ceremony in San Francisco Mission. And this is, you know, after danza and ceremony and the drum was made illegal for so many years and was something that we had to do in hiding. And today we can do it and be able to honor the spirit of those ancestors and warriors whose shoulders we stand on and also continue to pray for our communities because our communities are still suffering every day, right? And we got to understand that the work is greater than us and we have to call on the creator to come and continue guiding us and continue giving us that spirit and that power to do this work every day. And so every year we do a sunrise ceremony where we bring our community together to be able to set down those prayers to make sure that that day goes well, but also to pray for the lives of those people that have been lost throughout the movimiento. And I'm talking about Chicano Moratorium Day in the 1970s, where three lives were lost, Ruben Salazar, Angel Diaz, and, and Lynn Ward. So two students and an L.A. Time reporter. But that was Chicano Moratorium Day. But throughout the movimiento, we've lost so many lives. You know, I was thinking just yesterday about the prison hunger strike, the 60-day prison hunger strike that had over 30,000 people. And, and during that hunger strike, you know, we lost some some warriors. And we've lost some warriors in, in all of our struggles. And we have warriors that have been in prison over 30-some-odd years, you know. And so we want to honor those lives as well and remember them and remember the work that they're doing and continue asking for that strength. So we start with that sunrise, and we also have um, Aztec Danza that goes on from 10 to 12 p.m., where we bring Danza groups from all over the Bay Area. This year, Grupo Cuatonal is going to be hosting both the sunrise and the danza. And, uh, you know, just kind of set down those prayers and remind our people that despite, you know, the way that our communities are looked at in mainstream, that our communities and our culture and where we come from is such a beautiful and rich thing. And um, remind us of that and, and rejoice in that. So that's that's kind of the spirit that we want to carry every year in the moratorium. And so people are listening and they may not be familiar. They may be coming from all over. We have people listening to Central Valley, people living in Northern California. So give folks the details again on the event. And also if people are listening and want to get involved and support and apoyar in any way, how can they do that? Right, so Chicano Moratorium Day is going to be Sunday, August 31st. We hold it every year. The last Sunday of August starts at 6 a.m. with the sunrise. And then 10 to 12, we have Aztec dancing. And then we have a festival that goes from 12 to about 5.30 at San Antonio Park in Oakland. That's on Foothill and 18th Street. And we have poets, singers, dancers, a little bit of everything. We're going to have um, all-nation drummers. We're going to have some an Ohlone elder who's going to come and give a prayer for the land um, and the Ohlone people. We're going to have Ron San Miguel, Almas Fronterizas, Quebradita, Valer Folclorico. We're going to have Tamborazo. We're going to have Tarimba, which is a Son Jarocho band. We're going to have uh, some local MCs, a little bit of everything for everybody. And we also have uh, vendors and kids activities, got a huge jumper, face painting. And one of the things that we like to do is we always like to feed everybody who comes. So the food is completely free for folks to come and just bring a blanket, enjoy the music, enjoy the art, get connected to the work that's happening and eat and just be in community in a good way. Um, we remind people, you know, no colors, no drama, no fun, just come in and be in community. Again, that's Sunday, August 31st at San Antonio Park on Foothill and East 18th. Come at 6 a.m., come at 10 a.m., or come at 12 for the festival. And, uh, you know, for folks who want to get involved in the work, moratorium is a perfect day to kind of come through and, and figure out how to get involved throughout the year because this is just a celebration. And I want to remind folks that this event is completely grassroots event, which we are able to put on through our young people putting on fundraisers 
um, over the summer to to make it happen. So it's completely free to the community, and uh, um, the young people put it together. So they do everything from putting together the program to fundraising for it to outreaching for it. So we really hope that folks can come out and be able to honor the work that the young people are doing, but also be able to get a lot from it because, um, you know, we put in a lot of hard work to make sure that we're able to connect movements, bring the arts, um, bring that espiritu and, you know, that that poder that our community has and and, um, use it as a way to kind of revitalize us and energize us for the work that we have to come, which is, uh, you know, a lot of work. The struggle is is um, ongoing and you know now more than ever we need folks to join in and, and be part of the struggle so you know folks want to get involved come through check us out buy a t-shirt to support the work that we do every day and and come and talk to our young folks to figure out how you can get connected to the work but also come talk to the different organizations that are going to be there that are doing work around Palestine around the military station of our communities around the gentrification in Oakland San Francisco and the Bay Area that are doing work around abolishing the prisons you you name it, folks are going to be there to, to give out information and to, you know, um, figure out how to strengthen the work that's happening every, you know, every day. And I forgot to say, we just got word from Luis Rodriguez, who's going to be joining us at Moratorium. He's going to come through and speak. For folks that don't know, Luis Rodriguez was running for governor during this past year, and he's uh, trying to continue the work to make sure that, you know, he's a viable option to, you know, run for governor. So, you know, we want to support one of our own and support somebody who's really going to speak for our folks in, in government. And, you know, Chicano Moratorium Coalition has never been down to back uh, any politician, but I think that, you know, we have to come at the work at different angles. And, and right about this time, there's folks that are willing to step to the plate because we all hate politics, you know what I mean? It's never served our community, but I think that, you know, we got to be strategic and creative. And so this is um, one of the folks that are willing to to hit the ground running in, in these uh, suited, you know, institutions and, uh, you know, speak for our folks and talk about what our communities really need. So he's going to be there. He's going to be speaking. A lot of folks are, are going to be there that are ready to connect and engage in the work with um, other folks. So we really hope that folks come out, bring a blanket, bring an umbrella, come chill, bring the family, bring your kids and um, get ready to enjoy the day. And is there a way that people can link up or share this on social media or get the word out in other ways? Yeah, so we have a Facebook uh, event page. It's the 35th Annual Chicana Moratorium Day, and that's with an X. It's uh, Chicana, which is uh, three Nahuatl words that mean, yes, people land, because that's what we stand for. We stand for us protecting the land and and, um, remembering that we're people from this land, that we're indigenous people that have a responsibility to the land. So that's X-I-C-A-N-A. So people can share, people can attend, and they can link up to a lot of incredible organizations and also just have a really good time connecting to people and hearing great music and seeing a lot of great art and eating good food. So this is all happening August 31st at the San Antonio Park. Like put some pressure on on local and federal governments around our babies from Central America that that are being uh, held in detention centers and being deported. But also something really immediate and concrete that folks can connect to is this, you know, beyond the moratorium, this work happens every day. And and a moratorium day is a good day to build and celebrate together. But let's not forget to work on a daily. Well, thank you so much for keeping us up to date and giving and making all the connections to struggle happening around the world. Muchísimas gracias por estar aquí. Gracias. Coming up next, we feature the song Calavera Life by local barrier band Bang Data. I'm awake, I can hear loud and clear. Fight my fear, I'm still here, cause I care. No one's there, life ain't fair. I'm gonna be the person that I need to be. It's gonna be the same person that you see. This life's gonna be a better place, and I'ma live it so I have a better face. We gon' feel so alive. 
myself in the mirror I tell myself I don't wanna be a terror Hey watch over me, I rock over beats I fought for my seat, I walked on my feet I know that what I say is gonna take a miracle But when I look back was the song Calavera Life by local barrier band Bang Data. Check out their newest album Mucho Poco at bangdata.com. La Raza Chronicles will be giving away a pair of tickets to see the internationally acclaimed Son Jarocho group Mono Blanco at La Peña Cultural Center in Berkeley this Saturday, August 23rd. The show starts at 8 p.m. We'll be giving away a pair of tickets to the fifth caller. The number to call is 510-848-4425. Again, the number to call is 510-848-4425. Mucha suerte. Alimento de mi amor Que se aquecen 
On Saturday, August 23rd at 6 p.m., there'll be an art showing forum and poetry on breastfeeding in public. This is still, after so many millennium, a scandalous subject. La Raza Chronicles has videographer, photographer, and breastfeeding mother on the phone line now to discuss this weekend's Lactation Forum event. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I have on the phone Jasmine Morelos. I'm very excited to be talking with her because this weekend I'm going to be participating in an event with her, and I'll let her tell you more about it. Hi, Jasmine. Hello, Nina. How are you? Very well. And you? Good, good. Good. Well, I'm very excited about the event this weekend. Can you tell people about the Urban Lactation Project? Yeah, for sure. The Urban Lactation Project is actually my culminating experience for my master's, my master's degree at San Francisco State. I'm trying to promote... Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nina. That's, That's okay. Babies are allowed on KPFA. <laughs> okay. So the project, our goal is to promote breastfeeding in public, and we want to make the experiences of women who choose to breastfeed a little bit more pleasant when they're out there. So the idea is to educate the general public since mothers, we tend to receive more information in the hospitals, but that's not really available for others that are not really parents or people who have not been exposed to the information regarding the benefits of breastfeeding. So we had our opening on the 16th. Uh, a lot of people showed up and uh, Rico Pavon was performing at Manzanares. You had and, artwork, I understand. Yes, there is a lot of artwork. There's artwork by about 12 different artists. One of them, her name is Sana Khan. She actually mailed her work from Arizona. And Carla Torres mailed her work from Puerto Rico. There's art from San Diego, from Tijuana, from local artists, from Talleres Populares. And all of these pieces of art relate to the question of breastfeeding. Yes, the, all of them relate to the question of breastfeeding. There's also 13 pictures of women breastfeeding in the Bay Area. I conducted photo shoots over the last six months, and this is the first time that we're showing them there. Well, you mentioned something about women feeling comfortable breastfeeding in public. What are the things that might make them feel uncomfortable about it? Um, well, some people stare. Other people decide that they have the right to come and tell you that you can't be there or that you're being inappropriate. In my experience, I actually got kicked out of the DMV for breastfeeding when Azul was about five months old, and that's what triggered the, the whole event and this whole project. Well, is it actually illegal in California to breastfeed in public? Actually, it's protected by California law and federal law, but people don't really know that. And in San Diego, some cops escorted a woman out of a concert because she was breastfeeding. So if police officers don't know the law, then it's most likely that common people don't either. So what do you feel that this project can do to help make people feel more comfortable breastfeeding in public? I think it's shining more visibility on the subject. Like I said earlier, information regarding breastfeeding is usually distributed to mothers in the hospital. So if, you, if you're not really having a child, then you might not be exposed to it. Or if your family did not breastfeed, you might not know all of the great benefits of it. So the purpose of this event is to gather as many voices as possible to have a common, a common goal for more people to become involved and acceptance of women women breastfeeding in public. I hope that people that do not have children or that choose to formula feed to know that women who breastfeed also have rights to be out there and that if our breast is out, it has nothing to do with sexuality. It's, it has everything to do with nurturing our child. And so I'm just trying to make it a little bit easier on us. And I want more people to know that this is a really important subject and that it's something that has been forgotten because the numbers of women breastfeeding are increasing very, very slowly, and and it doesn't really seem as if we're going to get to the, to the numbers that the World Health Organization or UNICEF want anytime soon. So Can you just, tell people again the time and the place and the date? It's this Saturday, August 23rd. It's going to be at 518 Valencia, and it's from 6 to 9. Well, I'm very excited about participating in it, and I am going to choose what I consider to be my most shocking poems, because I think this is going to be a cutting-edge 
public that will be ready for it. These are poems that when I read at my book opening at the Mission Cultural Center, I actually heard gasps in the audience. I was so shocked that at 2014, that talking about menstruation, talking about menopause, talking about childbirth would get a gasp out of today's audience. So I'm excited about bringing those poems because I feel like I'm going to be in a very vanguard environment to be talking about something as ancient and elementary as breastfeeding that connects us to all the other species in the planet. So could you give the time and date again? Yes, of course. It's this Saturday, August 23rd at 518 Valencia in the Mission District. That's on 16th and Valencia. And the event starts at 6. The panel is 6.30, 6.45. And then it's going to be followed by your performance and also uh, Maria Loreto, a Chilean, Chilean artist. Well, I hear... Azul in the background, so give her a big kiss from La Raza Chronicles. <laughs> Thank you. Adios. Gracias. Adios.
You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to hear this program again or share it with others, you can go to kpfa.org. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or on SoundCloud for more noticia, música, arte y cultura con un sabor latino. See you next week. Buenas noches y hasta la próxima.